Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am one of your hosts, John Robb, of course, joined here by my ever-clever co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, doing fine. Um, are you feeling okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, okay, and good. It, All right. And, and you know what, and we're going to have one of our really, really good friends on tonight, one a terrific author, of course, who is none other than Boyd Morrison, who is the co-writer with Clive Cussler in the Oregon Files books. So he's going to be here talking about the latest book called Final Option. Um, Which we both liked. Oh, yeah. There's some, there's some shit we're going to be talking about in this one without giving away spoilers, <laughs> but... If you haven't yeah. read it yet, you're going to want to pick it up after you kind of hear what this is. We also want to remind you that all of our shows are brought to you by Kingsington Books, so visit kingsingtonbooks.com for more information on what they got going on. So, you ready, Jeff? I am. Let's do this. All right. So, without any further ado, here we go. We want to welcome Mr. Boyd Morrison to the show. So, Boyd, how you doing? Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Yes. Fabulous. Awesome. How you doing? We're doing great. Good. Um, so, final option. Um, we got to talk about this one because this book here is, I guess, what you want to call a twist turner in every which way. Um, I hope so. So, uh, yes, give us a, sure. so give us the skinny on this one. So, in this book, it's the uh, 14th book in the Oregon Files series, and in this one, um, the Oregon crew of Juan Cabrillo and the corporation are framed for crimes they didn't commit by uh, an old nemesis of Juan's from the CIA who has built his own version of the Oregon called the Portland, and his plan is to... Um, destroy Juan's life, including his reputation and, and doing away with his beloved ship and getting rid of his crew. And so he's hunting him down and trying to make him uh, uh, a, a, a uh, refugee from the, uh, from the government. And, um, and then once he's ruined his reputation, to, to kill him. And so it's, it's the entire story is about the, the cat-and-mouse chase between these two um, ships. And I think it's – we had – Clive and I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, well, you can one tell. Of the things, one, one of the things I loved about this book was how there's, cer there's a certain, you know, way you start the, the books. Each one has a particular mm -hmm. thing that happens, and you go along like, oh, yeah, of course. You played off of that and completely fooled me, and I love that. Could you talk a bit about playing off the expectations? Yeah, so uh, that great. That's that's exactly what we were trying to do. Um, so usually, the the Oregon stories start off with a a, a few different things uh, that that readers have gotten used to over over thirteen previous books, which are um, uh, because the Oregon is is this tramp looks like this tramp freighter that's broken down and about to sink on the outside but on the inside it's this advanced spy ship with all kinds of weapons and a crew of former navy seals and and cia agents and so they they commit they 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 do all these heists where that they're hired to perform and um one of the things that often happens in the story is that Juan dresses up 
um, like an old sea dog uh, with a gut, and and he brings somebody on board to his to his smelly office, and the and the reason is so that when they go into a port, they can, you know, blow off the harbor master as fast as possible because because he or she wants to just get off this nasty ship as as quickly as they can, um, and in so. That's one thing that we often do, and then another thing we often do is is this um, mission at the beginning of the book that kind of sets things in motion that they um, to to kind of show what their capabilities are, and they usually pull that off, um, maybe with some some problems, but they always pull things off. Well, in this one, I don't know how much you want me to give away because it, it's go as much as you want them. in the book. It's early in the this book, is so I'm you. not giving t- too much. Yeah, you're not away. giving too much away. No, you're not. So, so we see um, this uh, CIA ship. Um, they're going to transfer some weapons to what looks like the Oregon, and he meets this guy dressed up um, as an old sea captain. And at the end of the um, scene, the this old sea captain, who I, I think long-term readers will think is Juan Cabrillo orders mm-hmm. the murder of the people that he's been dealing with, which is definitely out of Juan Cabrillo's character. Right. And so all, all of a sudden I hope readers are thinking, well, that, what's, what's going on here? That's not what Juan Cabrillo should be doing. Um, and then the, there's also a mission in Rio where they've been hired to extract three CIA agents whose covers have been blown. And they've put together this um, elaborate um, mission to extract them, and it goes wrong almost from the start. When normally they pull things off um, with with ease, and it's because they the whole thing is a setup. And so now they're they're immediately after after this goes wrong, they they accomplish the mission to some degree, but but it's um, a failure in Juan's mind. And so he he's now set off to uh, find out why this happened and who's responsible. And that's when he finds out it's his nemesis who uh, was his former um, partner in the CIA. Yeah, and so I cool. love the great touch of the ship being named Portland. That was hilarious. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I did. I thought I just laughed, you know, because I thought that was kind of cute. Was that, yeah, yeah, was, no. was that your idea? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. You could tell. <laughs> but when you when you kind of sat down and started plotting out um, kind of how you wanted the book to go, did it end up that way, or how many times did you kind of did you kind of change it up? Um, t- towards the, the the finale, you mean? From from the middle from the middle to the end. Because the, yeah, the middle is when it really starts that. getting into the reader that's, that, that this could be a different kind of book. Right, yeah. Um, well, uh, Clive had suggested the, the overarching ending to the book, and so I just kind of ran with that. Um, it, it presented some interesting new possibilities for how to write the second half of the book. And, of course, you know, I had to... Um, give give the organ a, a, a you know it couldn't just be that it's up against the Portland there has to be more and so some more um, 
people from Juan's past come come back to haunt him and and become part of the hunt for him and uh, makes it uh, three times as difficult now for the Oregon to get out of the situation that they're put in. And so it was it was a lot of fun just coming up with you know how can we make this as bad for the corporation as possible. Well, I do have to ask, um, and I'm going to be spoiler-free here, uh, you have the word final in your book title, mm-hmm. and the ending is quite shocking. Is this mm-hmm. the last Oregon Files book? Nope. Uh, we're working on the next one right now. Okay, cool. All right. Just, yeah, a little scared there. <laughs> yeah, we had that yeah, conversation, no. Boyd, and I already did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, okay. it's, uh, no the, whole, the whole plan was we, we've got the follow-up book, already in mind um, how we're going to um, follow that up and, and kind of set set the Oregon on a new course, so to speak. And, okay. Uh, oh, so we're, cool. we're having fun with that. All right. Um, well, I, another question I have to ask about the series, and this is going to sound a little strange. Um, I have a question about the book covers. Yeah. Uh, and. My question is, why did they move your name to the left side of the cover? You used to be on the right side. In fact, you've even been exploded once with your name. Yeah. No, I really like the explosion one. Um, I have no idea. They they don't really – I'm not really part of the cover conversation, so uh, a lot of times when I see it is when it's on Amazon. So, you know, that's between Clive and the publisher about – you know what the cover looks like. I mean, they they asked for my input. I mean, my that was my suggestion for the cover, but but how the artwork is put together and the typography is done, I that's up to them. Yeah, I love the sub. I love the sub. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The sub I like really that cool. each of each of the books I've done with Clive has a different kind of vehicle yeah. on the cover. So we've we've had a ship, a car, a train, a plane, and a sh- and a sub now. That was sub. So, yeah. And I've got an idea what, for a different one on the next book. I wonder what's next. A turtle? I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, you'll have to see. No, I, I, if I have my way, I, it will be another different one. Oh, okay. That'll awesome. be good. Somebody All will right. be in the snow, and we're looking like snowmobile. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I, don't know. I, I have no idea. That was just Still a little guess, so probably wrong. Yeah. Just, just trying to think of what kind of vehicles you could have. But... When when you wrote when you were done with this and and, and you hear you hear pe- you hear musicians interviewed and people ask this kind of question to them so I'm going to ask it to you when you finished this book did you know that you had just written the best book of the books that you had written with him? Um, to be honest, yeah. I mean, when I got to the end, I was like, yeah, this is this is nailed it, you know. And uh, that's, I mean, that's, and Clyde felt the same way when he, he read the ending. Um, he said that that's brilliant. And, uh, and, you know, he had some, I, I, I wish I could tell you some of the things in, in the ending that, um, that we came up with, but, um, you know, it was fun going back and forth and, and making it not only a, a exciting ending, but a poignant ending as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, Emperor's Revenge was always my favorite up until now mm-hmm. um, that you did this. But do you make it nervous, like you just said, so you now know that you've written the best book of the books that you've written with them? <laughs> now you so got far, pressure. 
Right. Yeah. So are you feeling it? I mean, when did you kind of – when did you decide – that you knew what the ending was going to be, and then you kind of said, now this is how we're going to start the next one. Did that happen before the book ended, or was it after the I book and then kn- you did it? No, I, th- I think we knew – I knew with the – when I uh, – because I sent an outline to Clive, and the the ending that's in the book is pretty much what's in the outline. So So I knew, you know, nine months before I finished writing it what the ending was going to be. So it was just, you know, writing it. And there, there are a lot of details I didn't know, but the, the main beats in the, the ending I, I did know. And um, it, it's, you know, I, I like knowing that up front, but it, there's also the discovery of, of the little details that really make it um, all come together that's fun in the writing. But, yeah, the last, when I was writing the last, Hundred pages, it was it flowed really well, and and it just sailed by. That's probably the easiest ending for me to write you know, that I've done with the books with Clive. Did you have an idea in mind on how to start the next book? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've written an outline for that book, and and Clive's approved it, and. Uh, and uh yeah it's it's hard to talk about all this without oh, of course, giving of course. away the ending um but but it's, yeah. it's but you know what it is but you know what it's doing lot. people are wondering what the hell is this ending <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's the whole idea pick up right. the book yeah exactly mm-hmm. so what what i hope is that when people get to the end of this book they go i immediately want to read what the follow up is yeah i want to find me. out what what happens next um so that's so that you know that's the pressure is is more delivering on that expectation more than anything else not not necessarily the the quality of the book or anything because that that's always going to be objective anyway but but for for the readers who are you know been waiting a year or more to uh read the follow-up that is you know hopefully not a letdown and I don't, I don't want it to be a letdown either. I, can, I want it to be. I think I can. I think I can speak well. for Jeff in this one, and saying real quick that you know we're we're all friends here. So as soon as you just finish a draft, you can just send it over to us, and <laughs> let us just see it. You know, I mean, I right, Jeff. I I think I speak for you in that one. Um, well, I'll, I'll see what Clyde say. says. Tonight, tonight, <laughs> tonight. I wish I wish it were done. Can we just have the outline? You know, no, just a rough no, idea. <laughs> yeah, no. Clive, Clive loved the outline. He, yeah, when God. he read it, he was like, "Why do we need to write the whole book? This is good. Just, just, just deliver this." But uh, I think it would be a little, it tad short. To, you know, I don't think Penguin's going to want to publish a ten-page book. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of curious. Uh, let's go back a bit. Um, when you were, you know, uh, growing up, essentially, you were reading thrillers. You were reading Cussler. What mm-hmm. book got you hooked on Cussler in the first place? And oh, also, that was... well, also, and how did you start Sorry. writing with him? So, Raise the Titanic, uh, I've, I've said many times, is, is the book that got me interested in thrillers in general. Um mm-hmm. And and I I know that's true for many of my author colleagues and and a lot of Clive's fans as well, and so we were all just agog at this 
this new thing that nobody had ever done before, really, and combining, you know, high action with with kind of the sea stories and um, that nobody had really ever done before. And so it opened my eyes to what adventure uh, reading could be. And um, and so I've been a fan of, of adventure novels ever since, and um, it didn't really occur to me to start my own writing my own until, I, I'd say, the mid-'90s. And then I started getting into it and wrote six books my own. And, um, and yeah, as you know, Jack DeBrule was writing the Oregon series before me, and he decided to go off, and, and now he's back with them writing the Isaac Bell series. Um, Which was he, a Raise the Titanic sequel. <laughs> yes, it was. Or prequel. Yep. Yeah, a kind prequel, of prequel. Yeah. yeah, that's true, prequel. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so he he went off to um, take a break and, and write his own stuff again. And um, so Clive needed a, a new co-author for the Oregon series. And um, he went to the he, – he lives in Phoenix and, and knows the owner of the Poison Pen very well, and uh, went to her and said, can you recommend some authors for me to read? Because um, we're looking for a new co-author. And she, she gave my books to him, among several others, and he and his wife Janet read a couple of my books and loved them. And um, he particularly mentioned Roswell. me Roswell. It was uh, the Roswell one. That's the one. Right no, there. no. He read, um, he read Rope Wave, and oh, okay. Janet read, read The Vault. Oh, okay. And, yeah, okay. So Roswell so, was was the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I of course have my own my soft spot for each book. I, there's things sure. I love that, about each book, but um, um, so he and Janet read them and and loved them, and so one day I get a call out of the blue from my agent, and she says, "What would you think about writing with Clive Cussler? And I said, "That would be awesome." And she said, okay, well, he's going to call you in two minutes. And I said, okay. And sure enough, two minutes later, he called and said, hey, Boyd, it's Clive Cussler, and uh, read your books, loved them, and thought your endings were fantastic, and wanted to see if you wanted to write the Oregon Files series with me. And I said, that would be awesome. And he said, okay, uh, we're going to get you down here to my house in a couple of weeks and get started. And that was literally the extent of the conversation. Uh, <laughs> wow. And then and you I, told you your know. wife, and she said, let me check your temperature, let me check your heart yeah, rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to pick myself up off the floor after about uh-huh. 15 minutes. Um, and, yeah, sure enough, two weeks later, I'm sitting in Clive's office, and we're brainstorming story ideas. And, yeah. you know, it, was <laughs> for, it took me a while to stop calling him Mr. Cussler. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, now now you know we're we're friends, and which is just still mind blowing. Yeah. So yeah, so it was cool. yeah. He just so just he found me. I had no idea he was even considering me. How was his house? And I only ask, and I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> how was his house? Yeah. How was his? Don't health? brag. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, he he's doing fine. Um, I don't really want to. Talk about oh, house, his house, health, but but you no, know, his, you know, his house regularly. His house, what? no, his oh, house. Oh, okay, house. good. Um, yeah, no, it's, no his yeah, not his health, is... his house. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It did sound um, like health, dude. 
but yeah, but his health is fine. Um, he uh, he has a great house there. He has this whole, <coughs> so he has a, um, a kind of a separate guest house where we stay in, and then uh, he has this beautiful office um, detached from the house, and um, where all his memorabilia is. And you know, he's a really humble guy, so he he keeps all of his award, the many awards he's gotten in his bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Wow. Boy. Um, before um, before he tells you why he wanted to ask that question, I unfortunately okay. must go. So keep doing the interview, oh, guys, okay, and um, yes. have fun, guys. All right. All right. Hey, Jeff, you have a good Thank one. You. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Okay. So, so Boyd. Yeah. So the reason why I asked that question was because I think I told you, Shannon and I, on Veterans Day, we were honored enough to uh, go to somebody's house and interview them. And yes. That, and that was Dean Koontz. So we, we went to see Dean uh-huh. Koontz, and we were there for about three hours um, uh-huh. down in Orange County, you know, uh, Orange County, California. We were down there. And I want to tell you that that is the most gorgeous house I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. The artwork that he has is incredible. He loves his Asian art. Um, there's a yeah, movie theater downstairs, which is oh, really nice. cool. He has it set up like his own, uh, like it was in Pennsylvania where he grew up. So he has it like that. Ex- extremely nice man. His library is all that you would think it is would be and more. I had heard he has a library with 6,000 editions of his own books. Yes, he does. All and the it's actually, copies and it's it's actually bags. seven thousand. Well, now, still, yeah, I probably read this. Yeah, it's seven thousand, and he says he's still missing a thousand that he, that they have to get him. Wow. Well, I looked but online one time just to see how many novels he wrote, and oh, he, he's over a hundred novels now, which is just incredible. Yeah. I mean, and so <laughs> we were walking, you know, because you're walking down it. How it's like a massive hallway, and you're walking down, and you're seeing it, and you're just looking up, and you're just like, oh, my God, the bad place, and all these freaking uh, languages, <laughs> and how yeah. they all are, and you see, and it's audio book, and it's everything. It's, it's all of it. It's all of it, but that's just a small part of the library. He's got another library of all other books. Wow. And, that's, and it's right on the ocean, isn't it? It is. It's on the ocean. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, in his office, he does not have internet, and he shuts his blinds because he does not want to be distracted because his office overlooks the ocean, and so he shuts his blinds, and he doesn't yeah. have internet because he doesn't want to be distracted when he writes. So you know he's not going to yeah. out there on YouTube and this and that. But he did tell us a story um, because he, while he, you know, he's writing, and he has you know people that help him do research, and there was someone that was researching. Um, I'm not giving it away because he says he uses it in his book, Nameless, uh, which came out in Amazon. But there is a guy that was doing research for him, and he said, I need research on the Austin International Airport. He goes, I need, you know, blah, 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 because I'm doing whatever. So the guy is researching it and getting photographs and blah, 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 and he calls Dean to come down. So he comes, Dean comes down to where the guy's doing it, and then as soon as Dean gets down there, the screen on the guy's computer goes gray. And then two seconds later, a picture comes back of the guy on his computer. And the FBI goes, 
what are you doing? Really? Yep, just like that. And wow. I guess he finds out that, you know, in those laptops where you think that the little camera is closed off, no, there's a camera behind the, cam- behind the screen that can also be utilized. And really? so he uses that, yeah, he uses that in his book because it was the FBI going, what are you doing? So they got him trying to, whatever he was on, taking pictures of the Austin International Airport, because I'm sure Dean needed fire escapes or whatever. I'm sure he's already yeah. in some scene where he needs that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> so, isn't that scary? It's some scary shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, because we all... We have, you know, all kinds of gunfights and explosions and bombs and stuff. I, I'm sure yeah. my my internet searches are cataloged somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure you're on a list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I... Do you ever wonder that? Like, when you're researching stuff, you're, like, wondering, like, okay, is someone going to knock on the door for this one? Like, hey, honey, if someone knocks on the door, I'm really just researching, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I did, in my book, The Ark, I have... Um, some terrorists who were planning to blow up an oil platform. And I thought, you know, I can't, I can't call a, a, an oil company and, and say, what's the, what would be the best way for a terrorist to blow up an oil platform? Oh, my God, that would be know? hilarious. Yeah, it would be hilarious until I got taken away. And, like handcuffed. Matthew Broderick, um, they'd be jumping yeah. through your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, but, but, you know, I, I – for a lot of that stuff, I, I think, you know, most people don't know. Um, and, you know, I did, I did as much research as I could to make it as, as believable as possible. But on the other hand, you know, especially with when I'm researching classified locations, like I, I featured um, the Pine Gap facility in Australia in one of my books in Roswell. And that's yep, a highly Roswell. classified location. Yep. And so, you know, if I make up something that's not there, Who's going to call me on it and say, no, I work there, and that's not the way it is at all? I know. know. It's classified. They're not going to correct me. Exactly. But, yeah, that's that's funny. Never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. So I figured eh, most people won't know, and, and, uh, you know, it's what's important for the story. That really matters. Yeah. Have you been reading a lot any this year? Have you read anything that was really good that you thought was really good? Um, let's see, what have I, um, read, uh, I, I really liked, um, uh, Dana Haynes' book, I gave him a, a blurb, uh, oh, good. earlier this year, um, and, uh, let's see, uh, I, I always blank with these questions, because I, I, I do read a lot, but I haven't, I, um. What's, like, the last thing you read? I read Lee Child's latest Jack Reacher book. On oh, vacation. Is that blue blue moon? Is blue that moon, that yeah. Blue moon, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, Jack Reacher takes out a bunch of people in that book. <laughs> I haven't read probably I haven't, more I got than it, the but last I haven't read five it yet. books combined. Oh jeez. Yeah. He goes, he goes so full he, commando. He, he's on a rampage in this one, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. always I always enjoy reading those just because they're yeah. so different from what I do. Um and you know, I read a lot of nonfiction too. And oh yeah, <laughs> I've been reading a lot. Oh, a book I just read that was really good was um, called The Last Duel. Okay. And it's about the the last trial by combat 
um, ever done in France in the 1300s. Oh. And it was just recently picked up for a movie that's going to star Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Oh, and I know they're going to get back together. I've, I've met the author. He's a friend of my sister's. Oh, nice. And let me just look up. Like 2021, uh, probably, or 20? 2021 what? Is it going to be like 2020 or 21? Is that when it's going to come out, probably? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know when um, the movie's coming out. I just saw the announcement that, um, that you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck company bought it for and and once oh, I yeah, read they have it, that I production like, company this, right it's it's by Eric Yeager okay and uh it's a really good story it's and and it's it's amazing how relevant it is because it takes place in i think thir- the 1380s okay but it still talks about how much they had to go through with lawyers and it talks about taxes and it's like <laughs> man nothing ever changes nothing ever changes does it they yeah, they, they and people were going broke because of all the lawyers' fees they had to pay for, for these trials. And it's amazing, but it's a very uh, good story, and I could definitely see keeps repeating Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in in the roles. Okay, um, so I I highly recommend it. So it sounds like it has some humor in it too. Uh, maybe some, yeah, yeah. Okay, but it's it's a true story. Um, okay, and. And uh, well researched, and um, it's it's it, it, I could just when I was reading, it, I could just see how it's going to make a great movie. Yeah. So what are you doing solo? Anything? Um, I'm working on a, a book with my sister right now. Nice. And, uh, she's the Next. head curator of manuscripts at the Getty Museum. Yeah. And which is one reason I read this book um, uh, to give us some some. Uh, Background research for our story. It's, a, it's okay. an adventure book that takes place in the Middle Ages, and uh, so oh, so it's actually set back in the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. So okay, it's cool. Than anything I've done before. Cool. And is that like so, going to be twenty twenty or twenty? I don't know. We're we're just writing it on spec and going to see what happens. Oh, okay. Then you're going to shop it out and see what goes on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, keep me up to date. I'm curious to see how, where that one lands. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's something new for me, but uh, we're we're having a lot of fun with it, and um, you know, we'll see what happens. Good, good. So, where's the best place for people to find out not only about your solo stuff, but you know, um, the organ file stuff? Uh, BoydMorrison.com. B o y d m o r r i s o n. And uh, you can, if you want to connect with me on social media, you'll find links on my homepage for that. All right, and you got all the, and you have everything up there. All my books are listed on there, my own and the ones with Clive, and right. uh, you can just peruse them and see what floats your boat. And did you have some good signings with this one? A little, a little mini tour. Yeah, we did a great signing um, down at um, Clive's wife's car collection in in Scottsdale. Ah, and, nice. Um, had a good turnout, and and it was great. You know, it's a great venue. Seeing all of his cars there, he's got stagecoach in there now. Oh, cool. Um, it's a it's a very fun place to have a signing. Cool. 
Well, Boyd, hey, man, we want to thank you so much again for coming on. It's always great to talk to you, of course. Yeah, um, thanks. And, you know, you don't have to write a book to come on. Jeff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Think about it. You know, he, he, he texted me, and he goes, oh, he goes, i got to leave at 8. And I said, okay, well, if you have to cut in, just go ahead and cut in um, and say you have to go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, we can just come on here. We can just talk like the Mandalorian or something. We can get into anything for, like, I haven't hours. seen it yet, so don't spoil that for me. I want to see oh, it. Oh, God, if you haven't seen it yet, well, Get Disney Plus and go it's, see it. What, how much? How much of the series is available right now? Just to, um, they're, they're, it's like a Game of Thrones release, so only two episodes are available, and I think there's going to be eight in the first season, eight or ten. Yeah, I, so I they're forget. not doing the usual streaming. No, nope, they're doing it so people. They're they're doing it the right way, I think, so people keep talking about it instead of you yeah. binge it, you talk about it for two days and then it's gone. But now it's going to be mm-hmm. on everybody's brain for you know the month. I think it goes all the way up to Christmas before the last. One oh, really? Finally done, yeah. Um, I think it's every Friday, so I think the next one comes out this Friday, episode three. Well, the next thing for me is um, the Jack Ryan series. Okay, Amazon. I started that one, and then I was just like, I was like, eh, it's a little too over the top for me, I guess. Is it? I really yeah. like the first season. Yeah, so I was just like, because I, I tried to get in, I was like, it's just a little too over the top for me. I kind of... You know, I, I st- it, some of those things can just go really astray really fast, and it just seemed like it was it just in that path. And you, and you don't think our, the stories I do with Cliver are too over the top? No, because the way that you end them, especially this one, <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. No, because... Um, I, there is always a suspense of disbelief in, in any of those books. Of course, that's the whole idea. That's why people do it. That's why people love James Bond. But when you can visually see all that stuff and they have to make it, because when you're writing a book, you can only say, you know, the bullet whizzes by. Well, okay, is that an inch? Is that a foot? You know, or whatever. But right. when you're watching it and then you see it, like, clip the ear or you're doing whatever, and then you see the ass beating, because you can talk about hitting somebody to the gut or to the face, but when you see it and you're like, well, how the hell is he still standing there? Or how did he get out of right. that? That's when it gets to be too over the top. They make it too much. Because when you write it, you, can, you have to picture it yourself, and you're not picturing it that way. I never do. Right. Yeah, I, I really like the John Wick movies, but I, it's... I Shannon and I said I we see, were going to try to watch it, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, Keanu Reeves gets hit so many times, and you're like, how is he still standing, let right. alone running around and, you know, beating other people up? It's like, I mean, I know, I know he's a, a Superman, but, man, that's... Uh, I think in in real life somebody would yeah. be, you know, crawling around on the ground. After <laughs> I'd be screaming like a girl saying, "Oh, please, yeah. just stop!" <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. I and that's and that's the thing. But, I, I, you know, I guess uh, you know when you watch James Bond, you, you, I always refer to Bond because you know, no matter what herring situation they put him in, it doesn't make a difference because you always know he's going to get out of it. So you never have that right, belief yeah. that James Bond's going to die. You, you just know it's never going to happen. that's true series character. Huh? I mean, that's true. You know Jack Reacher isn't going to die ever. Never. So you can put him yeah. on a cliff hanging there naked in two-degree weather, and he's going to get out of it. Right. Yeah, so the way I think of a series, at least for me, is that you know the main character is going to survive, but 
what's really in jeopardy is is the people around him and how how is he going to save them is he going to save them sometimes he doesn't and uh you know i killed off you know supporting characters in my books and that's that's to me where you get the tension in the story hey you know what and sometimes the main character doesn't survive yeah but then it's not a very good series Hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the main benefit of a standalone story. Is mm, if it's standalone, yeah. you don't know if the if the guy is going to live at the end. Like like Gladiator is a great example. You know, that's yeah. a heroic story, and then then he dies in in the end. And um, I don't know. I think there's a way it. you can make it work. Really. Yeah, I think there's a way you can tell make me, it work. Tell me. Don't tell everybody else. Tell me, because I want to know. Exactly. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay, give me the secret, so. because I want to know how to do that. Don't hang up. All right, everybody, you guys have a great one, and we will talk with you soon. Um, remember, KensingtonBooks.com for more information. Boyd, always a pleasure. And, yes, um, I agree. We'll talk soon, yeah. And, Jeff, bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>